welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Corn, sugar, and caffeine. I've been with body in two different places. I'm still playing for both teams. Sometimes it feels I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke climbing down my cheeks. On the show tonight, we've got Dave Hilda Pryor. Paul Thorpe. Ricky Hyatt. And little old me. Pour the tea or coffee or have a gin and tonic and let's have a bit of football banter, eh? What do you know about the sweet taste of sadness? I got a name for each one of my headaches. What do you know about the thin line to madness? I need a new part for new lines. Anything if it's good for your head. You can donate your heart to science, but it won't bring you back from the dead. I got a feeling that I can't let go. You know what the common denominator is and good evening everybody and welcome to yet another edition of football bloody hell a seamless start here at three valleys radio and my guest this evening i'll start with you mr ad hopper how you doing well not too bad old dog not too bad excellent mr paul thorpe joins us this week how you doing thorpey absolutely fabulous cool. thank you very much and hello to all the listeners Ricky Hyatt's here. How you doing, Rick? I'm very well, thank you. All Excellent. And completing the set tonight, uh, Mr. Ian Welch joins us. How you doing, Ian? Hi, Dave. You all right? Yeah, I'm all good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Ian, we're going to stay with you because you were there for the game um, up at Haven and Waterlooville and what turned out to be a bit of a ding-dong game on Bank Holiday Monday. We will just touch on the fact that Yeovil, of course, did get a 2-0 win on the Saturday because we haven't had a chance to speak about that. But time passes very, very quickly when the football season gets going. So, um, Ian, I'm going to have to ask you what your thoughts on what happened yesterday. Ah, deep breath, everybody. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I must say, before we move on, that I thought Saturday's performance was overall very, very good. And then uh, we arrived at Haven. Uh, the traffic was absolutely hideous, let's be honest. It was bank holiday. And the team just didn't show up. From from minute one to minute 90, there were a lot of um, individual performances that I don't think um, people would want to see those players ever play probably for a Google shirt again. Did, I see, did I see, Ian, that Mark Cooper reference that in his post-match, that he wants to still do a couple of bits of business and he potentially does. move some players on after yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, so um, so he made five changes, and when you make five changes to a team that won two nil, that's always a very risky game. No matter, even if it's two days or three days rest, that, that's a bit risky. So he made five changes. Um, Jake Hyde was on the bench, so he can play on three G pitches, but within ten minutes we were two nil down, and it should have been three or four to be honest. Um, 
haven't just absolutely bombarded Yeovil's box. They just absolutely... Uh, uh, it was just unreal. And we're only six games in, and I know we're only six. We must keep our feet on the ground a bit. We're, what, are we seventh in the league? Ten points? Much better than the last couple of seasons. But there were a lot of overall performances yesterday that um, I don't think people will be too pleased about to know that these they were these people are professional footballers and it's what they're doing for their job. There are a lot of areas in that Yeovil team that are a liability and quite a big concern. And it's it's no coincidence that yes we're on a free view pitch, yes we've lost twice on a free view pitch. Yes we play on grass but it's the level that we're at, isn't it Dave? Well, this is another question that I wanted to, to throw at you because it's no, yeah. you know, it's um, it's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's no secret, I suppose, that a lot's been said about Yeovil's home matches that they've had in a row. I think it was four of them all together. Mm. And then as soon as they get another away game, they 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 come unstuck. Is, is, is that going to be a bit of a problem, do you think, just away form in general? Yeah, we were talking about this with a couple of fans on the way out of the ground, and the general sentence is that Yeovil away from home for the past two, maybe three years, have been absolutely atrocious. They just—it's almost as if they need two different teams, one to set up on 3D pitch and one to set up on grass pitches. They, yeah, I mean, and I know, and what I will say, Dave, is it took Mark Cooper. And Mark Cooper's a great guy. I've got nothing against him. I think he's brilliant. And all these people calling for him to go are just are just too hesitant, too quick. There's only six, seven games in this. It's ridiculous. But um, what I will say is he didn't do his managerial um, sort of any any sort of positives yesterday. It took him 11 minutes to work out that Yeovil's right-hand side was being completely bombarded. Paul Zach Bell made us making a start. In, in place of Morgan Williams, who we really missed yesterday for the first half. And they were just doubling up on him and that they were getting all the balls into Mamadou Fow. is absolutely brilliant at this level. Wait till he comes to the US Park. Mamadou Fow is insane. But it took him 10 minutes two goals to go two goals down to change the formation. That wasn't really a manager manager thinking on his feet. And I, we, we were a bit disappointed by that Sinai in the commentary box. We could, we could see it from the first minute what happened we're doing. And they didn't react quick enough. And before you knew it, 2 nil down. Ian, can I ask a question? Yeah. So, um, what's the, re- the, the you know, let's get some structure here. Like, what's the reason for why you think that the um, way performances are being so bad? Is it because we play a different style of football away from home? Do we not do the pressing? Is the pressing not good enough? Are we just not, is, is the structure of the side or is it just the, Actually, Mark Cooper's making a point here. Players are probably not playing as well as he expected, so he feels like he needs to change the squad already. Because let's be yeah. fair, he's, he's under pressure. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, actually, because it's, it's one that I tried to explain to Si on the way home. I don't think I explained it very well at all. It's it's the big mystery for Yeovil Town. That I think they set up differently. And I think part of it, Thorpe, is um, this season has probably been their attitude as well. They're, they're, they're arriving to grounds knowing that they are the big team and knowing that they are expecting to roll over teams, but it's just not going to be that simple. It's yeah. not yeah, going to be that if simple. If you're going in with that attitude, you are definitely going to be on a loser. 
So, and you uh, could see, you could see that for people with about I'd say probably five or six of the players <laughs> yesterday. They were they rocked up. They expected they expected you know they expected to roll and um, haven't more to lose all over. They were completely bombarded by the haven't more to lose or just attack really, and we just we miss Josh Staunton so much. And yeah, there's, we, had no, there's, we, we take him out. We don't have any leaders, and uh, no, that's something and that has been been missing from Yeovil for for a while. It's not not uh, hidden yeah. in in our, in our comments in the podcast either. But um, you know, um, so you know, uh, so do you do you believe that um, you know by his comments that he will chop and change to get something going very very quickly? Because it's not long. It's only like till, mm. it's only till Friday, isn't it? Yeah, so in the um, National League, the, in the National League South, they can um, make transfers all throughout the year. So, oh, right. so for Yeovil, there's no real deadline, but uh, we spoke to Mark Cooper after and he said he's got to get the right sort of character so you could sort of delve into that what you wish. But we have, the, the changing room was very close to the tunnel and there were some very, very, very harsh words being said. But like I said to Sype, the problem you've got is you've got a lot of older heads in that dressing room now, and sometimes too much is not needed straight after the game. You've got all these older players putting their input in when actually you don't really want that. You you know that you've played rubbish and you know that. And then, but there are, yeah, they're lacking leadership, lacking a midfielder that just gets hold of the ball. And uh, yesterday I, again. Mark Cooper, we counted that he changed the formation and changed the personnel at least five times throughout the 90 minutes. And that can't, that's got to be unsettling for yeah. surely. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, initially when I saw the lineup, I was, um, I, I had a few alarm bells going because um, I, I believe you don't change a winning side. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know especially at the back. Mm. A little change on, on Saturday at the back. You know, you've gone to like a, you know, bought um, Liam names. Uh, we bought something out the right back, moved Morgan Williams into into midfield. You know, yeah. and uh, that, that, that to me, that's something I wouldn't need. To me, you've got to keep that back line and your spine pretty much the same, pretty much the same throughout the season. Thorpe, is this going to be? Is this going to be the main problem this season? The factors like Ian just touched on, but yes, there was only two days in between um, the games, which was a really good performance that you and I watched yeah. on Saturday in a clean yeah. sheet to boot. But the fact that we're having to go to a lot of these places this season on a three G pitch, and they're mm. just there is inevitable changes that are going to have to happen just because of the nature of, of the places that you will find themselves in, in going this season. Well, me and Rick spoke about this. And, I, I, and when you go away to these 3G pitches, which I'm not nice to play on, I can tell you that, um, I don't like them. Um, I think they, they actually cause injuries. Um, I think they should be outlawed in football. Um, so that's my own personal opinion. But me and Rick were talking... Uh, was it down aisle number uh, number ten? Was it? It was. <laughs> it was and, uh, the, the, the gentleman's toiletries. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, and um, we were saying like the most important thing to do when you're away from home is is not to lose. So whether you go four, two, three, you know, with one single person up there and then support him early, but the most important thing you do, and I'll reiterate, which I've said a few times before, what Brian Hall used to say. You know, we'll go away and we'll win this game nil-nil. 
So what he's actually saying is, when you read into it, is that we keep it tight, we make sure we don't let the goals in, and then I believe we'll create one, two, three chances, and out of those we will score one of them. Yeah, you know? so that that's my that was my positive four piece was that um actually we lost four three, but we scored three goals and we probably could have scored a lot more. So like it that my positive is that whereas last year we wouldn't have looked like scoring, we're going to places and we are looking like scoring, but like within the first minute, um that having more to lose or just kept playing the ball over the top and you know, we couldn't deal with the bounce of the three D pitch. Yeah. And um Will Booth just kept coming off his line. And the amount of times that he mis mistimed it and he sliced it straight in the air within the first five minutes, we could count yeah. on both hands. Yeah, I don't I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him. I think he's a young lad learning this trade. Mm. I think that we've got to keep him as positive as we can because we don't want... I've noticed that he's just had a little bit of low-lacking com com confidence at the moment. And I think we've got to support him as best we possibly can. Um you know, it's it's imperative that you know because if we, if we don't if we don't have a decent keeper, you know we've had been very sport in the past, and um, I think it's important. Torpy, that we... do you feel he's sort of unfairly been put under more pressure for the fact that we've let our second goalkeeper go out on loan again, and so we don't really have. I don't think I think I'm right in saying that we don't have anybody else on the books. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just say one thing: you either sink or swim. You can't listen. We're in the men's league now. He, he wants to be a professional footballer. Deal with the pressure. It's not easy. Uh, and you are put in... Sometimes you are put in certain situations. And, you know, you either start fighting for your life and, and, and start producing football at this level. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're not going to stay at this level for very long. And, and we'd like to think with, with where he's been at Bristol City... Um, and he's been on on loan. You know, he was, I think he was at Torquay, wasn't he? Then he went to Taunton. Was it Torquay? Oh, he went to Taunton. So yeah, I think Taunton. that he and, and at Taunton, I, I went to watch a couple of games, and he did very very well. Now you are coming to a bigger club, and maybe the expectation for him is mm -hmm. maybe getting to him a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he needs time to settle down. But he's played at this level before, so he shouldn't need to. So I actually think that you know I'd be saying, look. You know, need to start producing now because, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not putting no pressure on you. You know, but I want you to flourish. Go out there and play your own game. You're good enough, and I believe you're good enough. But I, I think that you just got to try and encourage him. And um, you know, he's he's definitely one for the future. But is he too young for a big team like Yeovil Town? Yeah, That's a big question because you do need some character. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there'll be some new personnel in that goalkeeping department over this week. I th you, you, do, I, yeah. you, think, you think there's going to be bought, somebody brought in? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Some just, a bit more just, experience? Yeah. Just just yes, yesterday, like, he was taking a lot of flack like, from his teammates as well. And I just, I, there were times where I just felt a little sorry for him. And look, he, made, he saved the penalty and then his defenders didn't help him and they scored from it. And he yeah. made two or three good saves. But, his decision making is very rash. I know we like like sweeper keepers, and that's the way forward. But someone just needs to get in his ear a bit. See, the thing with keepers, and, it, and it, you have, they come through a little bit later, don't they? The thing with keepers mm. is that you are under the spotlight you know, for every single thing you do. You know, 
And it's really important that, um, you know, you, you, you learn very early about sweep again, you know, and uh, yeah. the way that, that, that you actually, you know, play it, you know, and, um, but you, you have to, um, you're in the game now. Before, sometimes a keeper wouldn't touch the ball for 70 odd minutes if her team was on top. Now you're in the game. You're in the game, you know, and there's, but, you know, and, and, and I said before, like, you know, he's, he's an up and coming keeper, but, Sometimes, you know, with, with somebody with experience, you know, I've got my nephew over in Ireland playing at uh, Galway and he's got a very experienced 38-year-old keeper in front of him and he's a number two and he's learning his trade. You know, I know it's, it, it, I, I want to see him playing games, but I also understand that he's got to learn his trade and he couldn't be in a better place at the moment because, you know, he's, he's, he's doing really well. You know, he's, he's learning a lot from, from it. I think they'll win the, season, uh, win, win the championship this year. So that's good experience for him, and also to get a medal as well, winning, winning team be ideal. But it's a very, very isolated position, goalkeeper, isn't it? And it's, um, you know, so so that would be interesting to see whether he actually does bring somebody in. Um, well, just the just the um, the last point on Yeovil then, because we've got a lot to get through. Okay. But um, Rick, in terms of um, the rest of the season, where it leaves Yeovil, is it just somewhat of a reality check if there needed to be one of what the season might bring you can't you can't treat it as anything else can you really you just have to move on from that i know it's it's a bit glib to say we go again but um you just gotta you've got to move on from it just let it it's happened there's nothing you can do about it now and learn the lessons if you score a goal if you get equal if you equalize don't concede another goal within two or three minutes just consolidate that position. We're probably going to goals. see a lot more of that this year as well, because obviously the new directive with the additional time, it probably won't be the first, uh, the last time that we see a well, similar a situation lot, this season. A hell of a lot happened after 90 minutes in that in that game. It, it That's swung, ridiculous. It swung to and, to and fro. So if you do score a goal, you get level or you get in front, just consolidate it, sit on it for a bit. You don't, don't lose the advantage that you've just, you've just gained. I'm sure if, Either of the times that um, we conceded an equaliser straight after, uh, sorry, went behind straight after equalising. You know, if we'd have seen up five, ten minutes or whatever, it's that you're looking at a different game. Don't let a team come come straight back at you. And and coming back from two goals down isn't for everyone. <laughs> no, see, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like on Saturday, I thought our ball retention was probably the best best yeah. I've seen all all season, probably all for the last season as well. I thought it was excellent. First half performance, really good. They came back into it a little bit second half, mm -hmm. but then, you know, but when, when we actually needed to, you know, our ball retention was really good. You know, and then you say, you know, all of a sudden we got then, like you said, five different players um, coming in, and all of a sudden our ball retention isn't that good. You know, that, that to me tells you something. You know, you need to play your strong players. You know, uh, you need to keep your squad working really well, but you need your key players in that side you know and um, to, to have success hmm. and also and for you, the, need, um, you need those leaders and for the particularly for the, the the final goal as it was I mean it could have easily Mark Cooper said it could have easily been 10-8 he, he was under no exaggeration every time yeah. they went forward they looked like scoring like they hit the crossbar they hit the post twice it was just insane and <laughs> the poor side next to me wasn't keeping up bless him they didn't know what was going on but um <laughs> But we, for the last goal, Yeovil, Yeovil got themselves back into it through Murphy. Probably shouldn't have. And then Maguire drew, 
was on the, one of the most senior players in the Oval squad, like high hopes for him this season. Instead of like kicking it out of play, he decides to back heat it, and then from there they then go and score. Yeah, so it's just. You just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it was an atrocious uh, fourth goal giveaway, wasn't it? So, really? It's about time we had a 4-3 thriller to commentate on, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't I, seem to, I don't seem to bring one like that. If, if you go away from home and you score three goals, you're going to be hacked off if you actually manage to lose that game, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. How often do you score three goals away from home? And they, they, you know, did well to get themselves back in the game. Yeah. Yeovil were never out of the game. If we had 10 extra minutes, we probably would have won that game. Yeah. How long do you want nuts. the game to go on for? I don't know. Three hours as it was. Yeah, I know. Just keep playing, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let let's move it on then, because, as I say, lots to get through Hang from on what a happened minute. Over, the, over the weekend. I am Ooh. still here. I have been nodding off quietly, but uh, just one point I want to make. Gen- go on. Generally speaking... Um, when you construct a football team, there's this expression about, you know, you make sure the spine is okay. The spine needs to be strong. So we we put a team out yesterday, which basically, it first of all, didn't have its its spine centre-half because you can't play on a plastic pitch. Yeah. And it also had a dodgy, well, perhaps that's being a bit unfair, but it had a, a, a lacking in confidence goalkeeper, shall we say. So two out of three are missing. Um, and if you've got that and you've got a team that's coming at you like kamikaze pilots, which sounds like there's what they were doing, certainly in the first few minutes, uh, you know, and you succumb to that, it's going to be difficult to pull it back from that position. And they're lucky to pull it back from 2-0 by the sound of it. Am I right, Ian? Yeah, absolutely spot on. Yeovil didn't know what hit them in the first 10 minutes. It was It was an insane football match for that 10 minutes. One minute you look at the clock and it's just begun, and then the next minute it's thirty-five well, this, minutes. This is this is the this is the main problem, I think, Abe, yeah. that you've you've just pointed on there. But haven't Waterlooville been struggling to find wins and scoring goals this season? But yeah. have seemed to cut through Yeovil pretty easily. Yeah, well, it, so something, they so did, something must be a problem from a Yeovil perspective. I just wonder why why Mark Cooper was quite so gung ho with his his changes. I mean, I know he's you know you've got to allow for Staunton. It's it's a it's a pain, but it you know it's fair enough. His his legs are shot, and, it, and if he plays on that, it's going to be do him some nasty damage. But uh, you know, to make five changes, I don't know. I, I mean, look, you're a footballer. You part of the job is you're supposed to be fit. I mean, four people can probably tell me. Does it make that much difference if you have a game two days after the first one? Well, in our day, you you played. Uh, midweek and uh, then on a Saturday. Sometimes at the end of the season you're playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. If you know, no one season we had like a, a, a terrible weather for for a month or two, and then in the season we play we're playing, um, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, or Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So, so does that me, make you know, much of a difference to, to fitness-wise? Yeah, well, as soon as you're fit, match fit, then you just get up and go. You know, it's making sure that you get your stretches in and make sure that you don't have tiredness injuries. You know, later on in my career, you've got the, the ice bath or the cold the cold bath, and um, that sort of like certainly helped. But um, not that anybody ever loves those type of things. But, um, <laughs> but it, 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 yeah, I mean, I remember... I felt really sorry one year for um, Jordan, Jordan Young, Thorpey, because Jordan Young had the game yeah. of his life on Saturday and then yeah. finds himself out of the team on the Monday. That must but have been hugely I, disappointing. 
I'd have been raging, absolutely he raging. Was, he was absolutely gutted. Yeah, you could. He was him, uh, and like I, I said to Sai at half time, you, Ollie Thomas, everyone shouting for Ollie Thomas to have a start. He had a start, and I can't remember him doing much apart from getting booked because he was just mouthing not. Yo, this Yeovil team likes to mouth off, you know. The amount of yellow cards they've picked up just from having a go at the referee. But yeah, yeah Ollie Thomas, he didn't do much. Jordan Jordan Young will be there thinking, what on earth do I need to do to get back into this team? So maybe he is his age is maybe at the moment he's, he is the impact player, and uh, yeah. that's what he should be. I think that certainly we need the experience up front, you know. And if they're like you say, if they're see when I got when you get the thirty, it's it, with me. You want to start proving the youngsters wrong. That you have still got it. So, play, 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 Reese Murphy. You know he he's, he will score you goals, and that's what we need. And if he's con- continuously playing, then put the other people around him. You know, if, if, if whoever it may be, but if you've got to play the players that are on form, and if the players are on form, you know, um, you know, I want more out of Cooper. I want more out of Matty Worthington. You know, I want yeah. more. I want more. Uh, you know, um, you know, out of Everton. I want more out of Morgan. I want more out of them all. You know, because you see, I'm, that was a, that was a weird substitution taking on Sonny Blue and Everton and bringing on Morgan Williams. That was a weird half-time switch. And then they went to your favourite floppy. They went to wingbacks. Well, there's, there's nothing wrong with wingbacks, but it's got to be. You know, you, you've got to really work at it. You know, yeah. um, so. It, but it's, it's got a bigger problem now, Thorpe. Now that Charlie Cooper picked up a red card, I think he's not going to be available for the Western match. I think yes. it was Big announced game. today. Massive game. Wish I wish he'd missed you know straight away, but apparently it's seven days. I don't days, quite understand it? how that works. He's picked up two yellows. He doesn't miss the next game, but he'll miss the one afterwards. I don't quite yeah, understand don't, how don't they've come that. to that decision. No, no, neither do I. But, uh, uh, it's because we played on the Monday, wasn't it? So it's a week week from whenever <clears> you do it. Uh, oh, is that is that the yeah. rule? Yeah, so it's a week from whenever. So if we played on the Saturday, then he would have missed Saturday's game. Ian on, Welsh, honestly, alias Stato. Just, just I a mean, bit I of... just read the FA website, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> just to bring a bit of uh, light relief to the whole proceedings, really, it's getting a bit gloomy, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> breaking news, Virgin van Dijk or Dick, Dick Van Dyke, whichever his name is, charged by the FA after furious foul mouth reaction to Liverpool's red card. There. Yeah. That, hey. that lifts the mood a bit, doesn't it? So has <laughs> is, is he, he got an extra game, has he? Well, it doesn't say. I, I haven't actually expanded the story. Hang on, I'll tell you. Ah, uh, right. Uh, is he coming in with half the story again? No, he's just been yeah. charged by <laughs> the FA. Typical reporter, eh? Yeah, Typical yeah. Reporter. I, I mean, you boys are talking about Western. We've got an allocation of 800. So mm. far, there's been 736 tickets sold. So that's very good going. Why would they do an allocation when they got a chance for their bumper crowd of the season? I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just madness. You know, that makes me love the league as well. You know, they, they can make any decision they want to at any level because it's just, you know, it's just unbelievable how these uh, organisations work. It makes me laugh. Absolutely makes me laugh. But I, you know, I certainly think that having seen um, a little bit of uh, Van Dyke's outburst, that he rightfully should get an extra game. Um, it, is, it says here it is alleged that the defender acted in an improper manner and/or yeah. used abusive and insulting words towards the match official. 
Well, your Fernandez does that every single week, doesn't he? Well, I don't know. I haven't yeah, got a, done, um, I haven't got a microphone to pick it up. Just, just does it in Portuguese. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I certainly do think he should get an extra game. I don't think it's any more than that. Um, yeah. And, and obviously a hefty fine. Because, we did all right without him in the end, Thorfey. Well, we did all right with, with Ted, didn't we? But, you know, it's... um. You could, listen, he should... He knows himself. He, he needs to set examples, and um, and that's not the way to do it. And uh, as as a Liverpool fan, I don't want to see that from him. I want to see him <laughs> on the pitch, playing well, and setting an example. You know, He's, again, uh... Rick, Rick and I were talking about diving, and um, the Liverpool players the other day dived, and I was shouting at the TV. I don't want to see it. I do not want to see my my team um, trying to simulate getting not only another player possibly booked or possibly second card, you know, getting a red card. Um, I just don't want to see simulation in the game. I don't think it's part of it. And um, I want to see skill, exciting football, goals. I don't want to see people play acting. It's embarrassing, you know. Um, you would not have liked Charlie Cooper's second yellow card then, Forby. Oh, my goodness. That was well, proper no, simulation, that was. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, not it's needed. Wrong. It's, it's absolutely wrong, and it needs. And that's not really funny, Charlie Cooper. Get what you deserve, as far as I'm, you know, I'm concerned. And and I think he's in a fantastic player. I love to see him spreading that ball around. His energy in the in the Matty Worthington when they're when they're they're joining up together is absolutely fantastic. But I don't want to see that from him. Well, let's break down the games as they happened then over over the weekend because it it was Friday night football again for for Luton Town, but Aid they came up against a really difficult Chelsea side in the end and could be a difficult season for them. Yeah, and I think it was, it was inevitable that Chelsea were sooner or later with the number of good players they've got. It was going to click, wasn't it? And uh, unfortunately for Luton, they happened to be on the receiving end. But, um, you know, look at the two promotions. Well, them and Sheffield United in particular. None of them have got any points yet. And... Uh, that's a bit worrying. This, this. Uh, I mean, it's early on, and I know that's you know, it's, it is very early yet. But you know, and the players they're getting. I mean, they've got Ross Barkley there now. Well, he's not a bad player. You think that would improve them a little bit? But I suppose it's going to be the question of scoring goals that's going to that's going to uh, uh, you know come to their uh, problems really. I, I, you know, I don't know, but. Um, whether Chelsea can keep it up, mind that's the thing. If they can, if they can start improving them with the players they've got, then um, yeah, well, I don't know. It's a it's a job to know what to expect, really, isn't it? Because one minute they're looking good, then the next minute, I mean, Raheem Sterling, my least favourite player, is uh, certainly playing quite well at the moment. Yeah, he did seem to um, play well again on on Friday, Rick. I mean, some might say that he wouldn't have been able to score that goal against any other team in the in the Premier League because he wouldn't have been given that <laughs> that room to dance through. Is that a fair comment or a bit harsh? I think that's totally fair. Uh, Luton are going to have to learn quickly and get up to speed. Otherwise, they're going to get themselves cut across at the bottom of the... cut away from the rest of the league at the, at the bottom. They've got, they've got to hit the ground running now. And it's no point having... Ross Barkley's a great player, but if you don't get him the ball in the right areas which is likely to happen unless they can start getting a foothold in the game. I mean, if, if ever a team needed to make their home ground a bit of a fortress and a bit of the place where they're going to pick up points, it, it's Luton this season. 
and they haven't managed to play a game there yet. So they, that's what they're going to have to pin their, pin their hopes on, really. So, uh, yeah, and Chelsea, you can't judge them on that. They did. They were in a hiding to nothing with that, really. They did. If they didn't lose, it was hilarious. And if they did, they'd just done what everyone expected. But Sterling won't get that much time and space in the box again, I don't think, not this season. Thorpe? It was just a question for everyone because Luton got to the um, Premier League by playing expansive, fast, attacking football. And all I've seen them do so far is sit back, sit back, sit back, and then try and counter-attack. They, you know, it's, to me, it's not them. So what does the group think about watching Luton and how they changed their style of play and what do you think they should be doing to you know, start getting points on the board? It's a difficult Nobody one, knows. that, Sophie. Because I was going to say, if you compare it to Burnley and how they played against Aston Villa, they, did it, they tried to uh, get bodies forward and tried to play on the front foot and got completely picked off at every opportunity. And... Possibly in the end, probably could have Villa could have won by by more goals. It was such a difficult balance, Thorpe, isn't it, to kind of work out where you want to be. You're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place a little bit, I should imagine. I just think that by just sitting back and trying to counterattack, um, I just think the season's just going to willow out into something. I think from the fans' point hate. of view, you don't want to go down with a whimper and have yeah. total regrets about your stay in the Premier League. I mean, you've done Absolutely. so well to be flirting with the Premier League and then finally get into the promised land. I'll tell you what I would, if you're a Coventry City fan, I'd be annoyed if you're watching Luton just drop out of the yeah. Premier League with no fight at all, because Coventry will probably be thinking that we could have had a bit more of a fist of it than they're showing, albeit very, very small sample size at the moment. But then you look you look at it, that is a, a technique if you've, if you've got limited resources at that level. Look at what um, Sheffield United did. Nearly got a result against Manchester City simply by hanging in the game as long as possible. It's almost like they want to negate the game, kill the game off to the last 15 minutes, and then have a go. And hopefully you might get yeah. something. If you're in the game, you can lose the game easily in the in the first five, ten minutes. If you go, well, a lot of teams can lose the game in the first ten minutes if they go, or first five minutes if they go two goals behind. But <laughs> the superior teams will turn that round and get three points. But that's, that's not for everybody. Sometimes you just got to stay in the game for as long as you can and, and keep it tight. The one thing Luton did so well last year was their pressing, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Their pressing was ex- exceptional. And I, I don't think I've seen them press one yeah, really at all. You, it might be easier to play a pressing game against the likes of Rotherham than it is to play against Manchester City doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I wonder if it would be different. Also, so Brighton and Chelsea, and Brighton and Chelsea, and not mm. the, it's not the ideal start for them either, really. No. I wonder if it'd be different when they're at Kenilworth Road. You'd hope so. That's what the, I, that's what I do think they've got to really yeah. pin their boots on that and pick up as many points as, as at home as they possibly can. Don't, don't they play West Ham this week at home? Yeah, they've got Friday night football again. I don't know if I'd be really annoyed about that if I was a fan. You get the Premier League and then you're just yeah. playing every Friday. They just get, it's, it's almost like the Premier League have gone, well, you like a little championship feel, so here's another Friday night fixture like they always have in the champ. I think someone at the Premier League's taking the mick a little bit out of them. That's what it, mm. what it feels like. But AD, next on the agenda was Arsenal and Fulham, a 2-2 draw. Um I think we all spoke on Wednesday about how this one was going to be a banker, but Fulham Fulham played well in this one and another team that managed to get 
back in the game having gone down to 10 men. Yes, I must admit, I was a bit surprised. Uh, I thought Arsenal would win that. Uh, well, we all did, I think, didn't we, when we talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, so when they uh, when they didn't manage it, but you know, Fulham have pulled off some, some fairly sensible results over the last certainly towards the end of last season and, and you know this season a little bit so uh, having lost Mitrovic you think that maybe they would suffer but clearly they didn't and uh, I see Pereira scored the first goal which was uh, nice to see what do we think what do we think about that goal because it seems to me that he went for a lob and mishit it but it still went in anyway <laughs> well I expect he would probably say well I, I don't give a damn it still went in and that's all I'm concerned about <laughs> so he might he might well have been thinking that um, Arsenal have conceded very early in like three of the last four or five games they've conceded goals in the first first couple of minutes which is uh, which is hilarious mm. well I hope they don't in the first five minutes in the next game they play anyway <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story but uh, no I mean you know fair dues to Fulham they, they've certainly improved over the last two or three years and um, you know they're very much a middle of the table team now and uh, you know, when you come up against the middle of the table team, sometimes uh, they they prove a, a surprise for you. And obviously, Arsenal got caught out, didn't they? Yeah. Um, another draw um, on the billing was Brentford Palace, Ian, because <clears throat> we wondered if that might be a Brentford win based on the fact that they might be at home. I think AD called a draw in that one, to be fair to him, but... Um, yeah, one all Shadow getting his first goal for Brentford, equaliser from Anderson. I think both might be pretty happy with a point, really. Palace more so, you'd argue, being away from home. Yeah, another another great game of football. Like it wasn't it wasn't a one all on paper. There was some great chances, and, and the, the goalies this weekend have had they've taken centre stage. Some of the saves that we've seen this weekend have just been incredible. But yeah, that that G Tech Stadium is a hard place to go. Brentford are firing. Yeah, we've spoken a lot about home form, Thorpe, mm. and Brentford seem to be one of those teams that um, um, rely on uh, good home form themselves. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, he's he, he's just taken off again since last season, haven't they? And um, you know, they uh, they they got tonight against Newport County, one of my old sides. But uh, I think that yeah, they they've really really played so well, haven't they? And um, um, I, I can only compliment not only the style of football that they're playing, but uh, you know how, how ruthless they are. And they've got they've got Ivan Tony to come back as well. I mean, again, they've stood up to you know next people have stepped stepped up to the plate and um, really taken it on. And um, you know, I, I think that they've had a two-two draw, three-nil win against Fulham, and then a, another another draw, which I, I thought they might have won. But um, yeah, I. I they're good to watch, aren't they? I've got no problem watching Brentford. Yeah, um, a, a game that we thought was going to be easy to predict, Rick, was um, a nil-nil between Everton and Wolves. And we said, didn't we, that we maybe we can't rely on it being nil-nil because neither team can either keep a can keep a clean sheet either. And so it proved with a goal <laughs> right at the end. I mean, that's a massive win for Wolves. Everton just managed to be worse than Wolves. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. that is for the for the season. It's one of those the two teams that are going to be competing against each other for league places. So to get the win is 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 great if for doubt, great for Wolves. Chuck it up, chuck it up to the man who's about six foot seven and get him to put the ball into the net, and that's what happened. Yeah, what's his name, Dave? 
<laughs> Should we go for it? His name is uh, Kalacic. Is that what we're going for? Yeah, Kalacic. Yeah. He's a whatever his name is. Yeah. Everton have bought a centre forward today. Mm. Portuguese chap that nobody's nobody's heard of. So but did you uh, see some of the goalie saves from that game? Mm. Wow. Talk about that, Rich. Do you not think that some of these these teams, you know, around the level of, of Everton, they're going out and buying people and they're paying way over the odds for somebody that nobody's really heard of to that degree. Well it's a punt, isn't it? They've they've got no choice. They're not in the market for the for the top end players. So Where's they've got I'm not sure. It's uh, so, so they've signed him from Udinese, I think. Um, but the lad's Portu- Portuguese. Yeah. I think he's only had about a season in um, in Italy. And how many um, did he score last year? Good question. Stop asking me these questions on the spot, Thorpe. Talk good amongst yourselves and I'll, I'll tell you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> But they need something, don't they? Because Calvert-Lewin is just... You're not going to get him on the pitch and you, you can't rely on Neil Morpé anymore. Morpé's the classic centre-forward that doesn't score goals, isn't he? He flatters to deceive all the time. But there was, there's a stat I think I heard on a podcast today that if you take Everton, Everton's um, under-18 team, their under-23 team, their reserve team and their senior team, they've got one draw so far this season between them. Mm. So Everton Football Club is not a happy place to be at the moment, especially with a new Dorfie, stadium Dorfie coming along goal, for them. Ten goals in thirty-four matches for Udinese last one in season three, in Syria. Basically one in three. Well, that ain't bad in Italy, is it? So there's potential there, isn't there? So the, the worrying thing for Everton is the fact that some club, big Premiership clubs in the past, Arsenal being one, that. Um, have got these big stadiums and then all of a sudden they've struggled to actually support their squad you know, because of financial reasons because obviously these, these stadiums cost so much money to build. And it does worry me that um, they could be well on the decline and um, you know, they've not picked any, any form. They've not really signed anybody of real, you know, real stature. Um, that Their defence is very, very leaky and, and with the players that they've got there, you know, Keane and... Um, uh, forget the other lad's name from uh, Burnley, but he, you know they should be they should not be letting in the goals that they have been. Go on then, Aid, because the next one is Man United Forest. So after four minutes, I'm sure that you were uh, going a bit Virgil Van Dyke at your own TV, <laughs> but um, I was the because the game three points. <laughs> I, I left the football for about two minutes to watch the, the three o'clock race at uh, York, and by the time I switched over, it was two 0 down. I was absolutely <laughs> going berserk. So, uh, but talking about injuries that we were just now, I see that that yet another uh, Man United player has gone down. It is Varane again. Now he seems to be a beginning beginning to get to be the the serial, uh, you know, injured player. Last season he spent he spent a lot of time out. Now he's starting off this season injured again, and and like you know people like Calvin Lewis who's been out for God knows how long. It, it's you know it's getting very wearing. I mean, Thorpe, just on a professional note, um, do you find, is it just coincidence that the same players get regularly injured? Is it that they're not fit in the first place? Are they doing something wrong that they end up constantly getting injured? Well, certainly the makeup of a, of a certain person, mentality-wise, it could be. Um, 
You know, I know Steve Rutter, well, before they sign anybody, they talk extensively to lots of people before they sign to see what their mentality's like. Are they sick notes? And it's, it's a big question. And, um, you know, sometimes players are, are like that. I know I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, there's certain players that I've played with and they get a little knock and they go, oh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm fit not. And, you know, as a defender, personally, I think if you're not hurting after the first month or two of a season, then there's something seriously wrong. We're not tackling enough. But, but with, um, with, with sports science being as, as technical and as advanced as it is, yeah. surely, and especially when, you know, players are getting bought for, you know, huge amounts of money, it's, it just seems that if if you were one of those that you, you know, a second kind of thing, are you not going to get your, your sports science people saying, oh, that's rubbish, he's, he's fit to play? Well, you had that in the past as well on some, some players, you know, but the game's changed and develops. They're, they are more like athletes, to be honest with you, right? And as much as I thought, well, you know, in our day, we were fit, and we certainly were fit, and we did lots and lots of running. They just seem to be more pe- more pedigree, more horse, you know, uh, pedigree-like, you know, at the moment. And um, But, but in, in, you know, with all this new stuff coming in, you know, muscular-wise, and there's still a lot more injuries that Talking, they get. Do you, do you think there's an argument that some players are just damn right unlucky? Because, I mean, if you look yes. at Calvert-Lewin, Calvert-Lewin last yeah. week or whenever it was, yeah. he got an absolute shiner to his face, and then yeah, he swelled up hugely. I mean, that's got nothing to do with his, no. you know, how he... How he is no. in his legs or anything. He's just I think, wrong I think place, right. wrong time. I think yeah. you're dead right. He's just been one of those players that have been damn unlucky. You know, he's a fabulous footballer. Uh, and he, he does put he puts himself about a little bit, doesn't he? And um you know, he take he does take a little bit of brunt of it. So yeah, but it's, you know, uh, uh, you can sort of look at a player and think, mm, you know, is he is he really like injured or is he just taking a rest? And to me, <laughs> Varane looks that type of player, doesn't he? He plays four or five and has a little break. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the game, Dave, um, you know, coming in 2 0 down, I was horrendous. And then uh, fortunately, uh, Rashford set up a goal, which I thought was quite good. And then, of course, we had, uh, I'm just trying to think of the order, Casemiro, wasn't it, the second one? Um, and then the penalty. Now, there's a lot of, I've read a lot of that they're saying that they thought Rashford dived. Now, to me, that was a quite clear penalty, and I don't think he did dive. I don't know what you lot think, but um, whether it's just. I think, it's one of, I think it's one of those aids, and we've spoken about it a lot so far, is that did they go down easily? Probably, but it was still a foul. Like, I think there's an argument for both. In, in some cases, to be honest, I mean, when something's happening at that speed, sometimes the way players go down, <laughs> they don't make it easy for themselves in terms of um, escaping criticism, because quite often you see a player go down and you think, well, that was I'm not quite sure how you've gone down like that for the touch that you've received. But you have been touched all the same. So I think it was one of those Salah. where did he go down? Well, yeah, exactly. Silberslai the other day. um I think you were referencing it. It was soft as anything, but he was technically touched. So that just seems to be the way that it is now. And Rick and I have discussed this down to down, down old ten the men's wear again. <laughs> so well, I mean, I'll, I'll let I'll let Rick discuss what we we actually discussed because I've been rabbiting it on all night anyway so far. So <laughs> you know, to hear Rick's voice instead of mine. No, don't be so silly, Toppy. Uh, there's. Uh, Fan, not a fan cam. There's a, on, on Twitter. There's an angle that's not been covered by the TV angle as you see it, and it's 
as clear as day. It's a it's a penalty. But the worst thing about getting that penalty is it guarantees that playing against the Arse next weekend, United ain't going to get anything because after the Wolves game, should have conceded a penalty. There's all the furore about that. Don't get stuck on one against Tottenham. This one, United have got this decision go their way. So it means that you're guaranteed to get something horrendous against Arsenal because that's the way these things seem to go at the moment. You get one, you don't get one. Everybody kicks up a fuss because it's United. United get every decision. See, Forrest are going to be appealing to PGMOL or whatever it is about the referee's decisions. But, I mean, the only loser out of that is going to be more than Gibbs-White. You should get a second yellow card for his little bit of card waving. So that should be upgraded to a sending off and he should get a suspension. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know what... Forrest haven't got an awful... Forrest's biggest complaint, I, if I was a Forrest fan, my biggest complaint would be the fact that a team can't defend for 86 minutes, can't defend a two-goal lead <laughs> for 86 minutes. That would be the bit that concerned me more than anything. Yeah, I think I said to you on Saturday, Torpy, didn't I? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to Old Trafford with a two-goal lead, you want it after 65 minutes, not four. Yes. As soon yeah. as Ericsson scored after 18 mm -hmm. or whatever, it only really felt like it was going to go one way, even with the way that United have been playing to up till now. I mean, Rick, you said on Wednesday that you've been happy with a 1-0, so presumably you're just as happy with a 3-2. <laughs> yeah, I could have done without the heartburn of coming in during a, a rain break at the cricket and seeing a 2-0 down. Great, thanks for that, lads. That was brilliant. So uh, It's just yeah, giving the fans their, their money's worth, isn't it, really? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, would, you want, would, fans... you lot, would you want a dull 1-0 or would you want a good old 3-2 or a 4-3? And talking of fans, uh, huge congratulations to the 3,000-plus United fans that stayed for over an hour after the game, protesting against the parasites, and uh, hopefully their voices will be heard. Yeah, you're dreaming again, aren't you, Britt? <laughs> Got to get rid of there. those people. But you, you don't do anything. What, what can you do? It's all very well seen. No, but they've been doing a lot away. over the year, months and years. They've been You can't accuse them of not doing something because they've been doing a lot. And, fair, you know, our supporters trying to get the message yeah. across. But fair do some. But, you know, unfortunately, it's just getting ignored, isn't it? They, they don't give a shit at the moment. The, the they are the most despicable, loathsome people involved in football. And the sooner they're gone, they will not be missed. I mean, apart from that, they're making themselves look complete idiots by this. But they don't care, Adrian. It's well, that money. No, but, but, but why go into a process saying, you know, I think we're going to put this up for sale, and then nine months later, <laughs> we still, we've had two really good bids, and he's still not moving. I mean, I just can't get my head around it at all. I, I think because... I agree with Rick. They really don't care. They really don't, care. don't care. Anybody. You know, we're multi-billionaires because of the way we've, absolutely rinsed a top football club in the world yeah. i mean it's it is disgraceful and and i actually actually think the process the process of what the league have to do to, you know, or the people to actually buy these football needs to be more stringent it needs to be more stringent so so this type of thing doesn't happen they i mean they've all they've done really is milk one of the best football clubs in the world yeah. They exploited they exploited a loophole in order to yeah. buy the club, a loophole mm -hmm. that is thankfully now being closed and you can't do that again. And they did the same thing with that they own shopping malls in America and apparently they're the worst landlords that anybody could have. They're yeah. just horrible, horrible mm -hmm. people. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're just money grabbing. Um, you know. Was, was any were there. any of the Glazers there on Saturday? No, they haven't been there. For, yeah, it's going to be pointless. Only turn it? up for our cup finals in, and then charge the the club for the privilege of <laughs> yeah, for yeah. The yeah. ourselves there. It's <laughs> yeah. just horrible. Private jets yeah. to get the man back. Yeah, and I, I, I you know, listen. I, I, as even as a Liverpool fan, I, I want to see those people out of football. Yeah. I want to see, you know, it's not good for the game. Um, it's not but good for their the, business. To buy, the club, to buy the club, there is a fit and proper person's test you have to pass. Mm. I think they should have a look back, see who mm. it was that decided to pass the bloody Glazers and penalise them as well because they've made the decision that has allowed them into the game and everybody's suffering the concert. Look at Dave smiling. No, I'm You're smiling because man. you talk about the proper person's test. I mean, you could argue there's probably about 15 um, owners out of the 20 that probably shouldn't have passed that particular yeah. test. So there probably is something in that test. Yeah, not the, being the forest the owner's a bit heavy, isn't he? It's a name but one. It's, it's a, isn't it a shame that, um, you know, that the football's gone a certain way now where uh, yeah. you know, we, are, we are now talking about you know, billions instead of millions, and uh, where it was a, you know, a, a council or a working man's game, you know, oh, the yeah. working, the working man, the working man yeah. now is is struggling to actually even go to a game, and um, yeah. you know, and it, it's it's such a shame that, uh, you know, I think that that that's where non-league football has been, um, it has really shown its worth and allowed the the working class person to enjoy. Local football, and um, and and I, you know, and it actually will um, will actually come right, to the sorry, forefront. Right, sorry, I'm going to have to move this along as we've only yes. got around six minutes or so left, and still a few games to cover from the weekend. Um, so Welchie will go relatively quick fire, but West Ham beating Brighton that was um, that was a big win for the away team. Yeah, West Ham firing on all cylinders, top of the league. Yeah, who needs Declan Rice? They were. Do you know what the West Ham fans were so excited on Saturday night because they were topped as well, of all overnight for one night. Mm. They've used the money well. Yes, they have. They've invested very well. Ward Prowse a steal for thirty million pounds. Oh, absolutely. The thing is, you know, what, you, on that, what, you know what he brings, don't you? And he and he will do it. He's yeah. proven to do it at that level. He's a good yeah. Premier League footballer. But I don't yeah. know why teams, other teams, would seem to be reluctant to pay that price for him. But like you've just touched on, if you bring him in, you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, much better, much bigger, probably than West Ham. Again, um, his mentality for for football is just fantastic, yeah. isn't it? So then you talk about a player that wants to play, that is yeah. hungry for success. You know, loves playing football, loves scoring goals. You know, uh, that's what you want to see, isn't it? Jared Bowen's another example of that at West Ham, yeah. actually. David yeah, Moyes is a football genius. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah. What about Unai Emery? Is he a football genius? Good win for mm. Villa over Burnley? See what he did there. <laughs> <laughs> that's me Villa. trying to quicken you boys up with your response. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. doing exactly what we thought they would do after the season they had last season. They had a blip at the behead beheading United for the first game of the season and since then they've, they've slipped back into gear and they're looking good. Looking yeah, very, very good. Unit. Unfortunately, he's paid, he's paid pay from one of our very good friends and uh, helped in the uh, demise of uh, Lee Johnson at Hibernian. Yeah. He has, yeah. yeah. Don't mention any other former Yeovil Town 
people that are managing clubs now because we mentioned him last week and he got the bloody sack within two days. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he is a um, hot favourite to be manager of Charlton soon. All right, apparently, which would be convenient because it's only a week or so. <laughs> well, less than a week, isn't it? But that's what I've, I've read somewhere on the internet. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Presumably that will be um, with McAllister going with him as well, if he was to go, I would imagine. I, yeah, I would imagine so. They've been together yeah, for yeah, all the last games. Yeah. Um, Pep obviously wasn't there in the dugout on Sunday, but um, I was going to say no Pep, no problem. It wasn't quite as simple as that age, but they got the win in the end all the same. Well, yeah, obviously it makes me mad when I, you know... I was sat there watching the game and, and then Sheffield United equalised. Oh, great, you know, they've just got to sit there now and hang on a minute. It's only about six or seven minutes to go, or maybe a bit more with the extra time. And you just knew that City were going to do it, didn't you? You just knew they, they you know, they had them under intense pressure and sooner or later it was going to happen and it did. So I suppose, you know, you can't knock them for that, really. I mean, it's it's an in, it's an infectious and, and, and really good great trait to have within your team that you can constantly do it no matter what so you know much as it hurts me to say it but you know good luck to them last game that we did we did touch on it though with the van dyke situation is liverpool winning it late against newcastle um little bit well it's a strange game really Thorpe, in all honesty mm-hmm. um, newcastle should have been out as a sight really in terms of the chances there was that save from Allison as well yeah onto the post but let's hope from a Liverpool perspective Darwin can actually kick on from here and it wasn't sort of a flash in the pan game well he gets himself in good positions that was one thing he's just lacking that that killer instinct of scoring but like uh, he started well this year and um long may that continue because you know if uh if Salah does go then he might have to step up to the plate but um you know, it was uh, it was an interesting game. Yeah, I, I do worry about our defence. Right, not we talk about defence, but right throughout the team, it's just poor, and it never was. So I don't know, don't, don't know how we can fix that, but it needs to be addressed for sure. At least the Salah or Gomez. Well, exactly. I mean, I'd like to see Gomez back in the side and then pushing Alexander Arnold further forward. Like so, um, you know, we we did it, we toyed with it last year, and I think he should have kept with it, he's put him back at right back uh, and again we're letting in goals down that flank, so to me, get Gomez back in there and um, get Arnold further forward Do you think Salah's going to go, Thorpey? I think if they offer 150 million I think there's a good chance that he might uh, wish to go so um, again, I don't like it but uh, yeah, his age Getting 150 million for him would be uh, wise to take that money and do what West Ham have done and use use that very wisely. It's the timing that's not great, isn't it, Thor? Because you're running out of time to then do anything else with that whatever money you might receive. Well, then you, you might just have to sit and hopefully people like Nunes step up to the plate. And um, you know, we've we, we've got listen. I, I don't think we'll win the league <coughs> this year, so it might be the year where we just sit tight, take the 150 million, and then bring up some of the youth uh, in some of the games to get their valuable experience because we have got well, I think, an array I think, of talent I think, Thorpe, sorry mate, I think that is our six minutes all but there now. But um, I think we, we took the point that you were trying to make there. So, Thorpe, we, thank you we very not, much, mate. we not got time to dissect the performance of Jason Tindall because he was in fine <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, go on then. <laughs> 
always make time for Jason Tindall. Employed in professional football. Heading off, sign manager to shush. I can't believe it. Well, then again, he did. He didn't. Uh, it was. It has got such a great proven record with the two months he was manager at Bournemouth that. Without Eddie Howe stood next, he to must realise he's a he's a he's a walking internet sensation. Like he must just be but doing it to play up to that tag now. He just loves the attention, and as soon as they do an over fifties Love Island, he'll be bosh, he'll be straight in there. I, <laughs> I tell you what, he he's forgotten where he's come from, and he he would never have done that in his pool days. No, <laughs> but a lad from pool doesn't behave like that. Oh, tell you, he's got Billy big time, hasn't he? Seriously. <laughs> 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 all right that's that's a wrap then chaps thank you very much for this evening ian welch thank you for joining us thanks dave thorpey thanks very much mate absolute pleasure ricky thank you for joining us mate uh always a pleasure and if anyone wants to join thorpey and me down the men's toiletry section of tesco for our next exclusive <laughs> podcast you're more than welcome I did wonder what that was referencing. Yeah. But okay, fine. Um, is that, good is night that from my house. <laughs> <laughs> AD, you can sign us out. Okay, well, thanks for listening to Football Bloody Hell and join us again next week. <laughs>